Okay, guys, this one's a solo. This is um, me trying to understand and process the last two weeks. So last Monday, uh, no, last Sunday, so that's Sunday of, so we'll have, let's be precise about this. Uh, so Saturday the 13th of June, 2020, um, I went up to see my mother and my father to see how they're getting on. Um, and in this COVID world, I found myself uh, confronted with my mother was absolutely exhausted, absolutely on her knees uh, after having taken care of my my father uh, for the last, I think it was probably like three, four weeks after his, um, his stent operation, um, which had blocked and, and caused a massive heart attack. So she'd been looking after him and he slowly deteriorated over the last um, two to three weeks. So she was having to do more and more, um, and herself, she's had issues with her knees and, and everything else. Um, for I, I'm so to put you in the picture, that was like the Saturday before. So, Saturday, like I said, the I think it was the 13th, yeah, Saturday the 13th. Then I then resolved I, I needed to be there to sort of support because she was absolutely exhausted. Um, so I, I went up there the next day and uh. Just, just to make myself available so mum could go and get some sleep, not really understanding or appreciating exactly what she was going through, um, which to a degree was frustrating because she's of the old school, which is, you know, just get on with it, get it done. But I also wished that she'd have, you know, been a bit more open with what she was doing rather than trying to be, uh, I suppose, stoic about it because it, it would have been, it could have been a lot easier if I was able to help a lot sooner. Um, so yeah, that was the Saturday. Um, went up on the Sunday and I stayed there then helping uh, with dad. And it, it became quite evident quite quick that something was happening. Um, after multiple conversations and visits from the doctor, the doctor informed us, you do know what's going on here, don't you? Um, and apparently my father was aware too. And she'd had that conversation with him. Um, not an easy conversation, um, but I suppose what, what I'm going with this podcast is he's, he's passed now. So that was last Monday, my father passed. Um, and I've never gone through a death of a parent before. Um, obviously I miss the physical and I can still see pictures. Um, I still see pictures now because we're still going through the process of actually getting the funeral and everything arranged and which in itself is a process um, and see, seeing pictures, you know, it can, it can trigger an emotion. But to me, this one feels different. And what I want to share with you is the fact, the reason it feels different to me is of all the times in the past where I've lost like, you know, grandparents or, um, you know, friends, a lot of the thoughts around that were based about what I wish I'd done or regrets or you know those sorts of things all those sorts of things that you should or shouldn't have done um which and that's what comes up but the odd thing is with my father um because of the the fact i was there the night before um and not realizing how quick he was deteriorating because it was it become really evident really quick you know this his body was starting to close down um and 
I, I the fact that I was there as he passed, like literally, like we, we he wanted to go in. He, he basically got to the point where he'd had enough. He just like, I mean, when you're having conversations with your father and he's saying, um, I just want to die. It's like, geez, you know, um, but it's, It's upsetting to hear someone say something like that. And I went, oh. it's upsetting to hear someone say those words. But at the same time, I wanted him to be at peace and out of pain. I wanted to fix it, but I couldn't. And just being present during that process gave me a lot of closure and ultimately appreciation, respect, and gratitude to be able to be there. And what have we been able to do this time? I don't know if I would have been able to do this a few years ago before <clears throat> I actually um, started a week, but. I tried to frame everything that happens as a positive, no matter how negative. Um, because it's easy to focus on the bad feelings and the feeling, you know, that because you, you just start thinking one thing and it's easy, it just mixes with another thought and another thought. And before you know it, you're through the floor and you just had enough. It's just too much. But um, so I always look for the. I'm going to call it the opportunity or the message or the learning in every situation. And focusing on <clears throat> that event with my father, it brought me closer to my mother. It certainly brought me closer to my father. I mean, to be there, he was, he was asking to go into hospital. I don't know. I think he was under the impression that he'd be able to like sort of help him along a bit, maybe to, so he could pass because he, he was just done. He'd had enough. He was absolutely exhausted. And uh, to be there, like when we actually explained to him, you know, dad, they can't actually do that for you. That's, they, they can't, they're not, you know, they're not allowed. Like, um, I think he was almost hoping for like some form of assistance to pass, but um, they give him a, a, an injection to sort of stop the restlessness a little bit. And that helped a little. Um, but but towards the end he was <clears throat> he was still up and down like a yo-yo, um, and then um, he he come down. My mother come down in the morning after the good sleep, and uh, I'd said to, I said he's that that's done like he's had enough like he wants to go, like he, I honestly thought he would have passed while I was watching him during the night because he was up and down like a yo-yo, and then. When mum come down at six o'clock, he said, I'm going to be gone by tonight. I want to be gone by tonight. And within, so that was early morning, tried to give him some food, not interested, struggling to keep anything down, just constantly being sick. Um, but yeah, and then, um, you know, sitting up because his, he was struggling with his breathlessness from the, from the heart failure, as they called it. Um, and then towards the end, I was sat there watching him just 
just to see if I could, you know, if it's any, just, just literally just watching him to see if there's anything I could have done. And uh, his, his hand sort of flicked as if to call me over. So I went over and I asked him, what's up? You know, what do you need, Dad? And as it happened, my mother had come through as well. And it very, very quickly become evident to me, like, and it wasn't so much looking at him, although his eyes were going all sorts of different directions as I was trying to, you know, um, and I'd experienced this before in hospital when his, when his stent had actually clogged. It's a very, very similar sort of situation. So is, 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 um, something happens with the eyes when, when your heart is blocked. Um, and it was that that drew my attention because the, the monitor was beeping normal. There was no alarm going off. There was no flat line. There was everything looked hunky-dory on the monitor. And it wasn't until I saw his face and his eyes and I thought, Jesus Christ, something's wrong here. So then I called the nurse. But actually my first instinct was to just start stroking his hand saying it's going to be okay. Part of me felt that he was going. And this is, this this was like two months ago. But then... For some reason, I I, sh I called out and said, "Excuse me, can someone come and help?" It was it was so like it was in really slow motion, and then somebody came in and then he crash teamed him. Like I think he passed three times and he brought him back, but he had massive massive uh, you know heart damage from it. Um, so that was the first time. But this the, this la the last time when his his, his eyes started to. Uh, flicker and zoom in and out they were his, his hand was like i said calling me to him but it was also it was also an unusual action for him to do while i was holding his hand and i say it quickly became evident that you know this was the final throws um to which mum walked in and i saw as, as i had his hand i was stroking it and i was saying it's okay I wasn't sure if my mother was aware what was happening. So I was like, take his hand, take his hand, because he's going, he's going. And I am so grateful. So grateful to have known him. He made me the man I am. And if I can be 10% the man he was, I'll be doing well. Sorry. So the purpose of this podcast is if the, 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 the difference that I've noticed in loss is going into it knowing you've done everything you could. So if you've got a grandparent or a parent or someone you love that if I said to you, what would you do if they were you know, to pass tomorrow, what's the first things that come to mind? And is there any element 
if there's one single aspect of regret or some form of, um, you know, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that, go and address it. Go and address it because it's, you're still going to miss the physical counterpart of them. Um, as it goes, my beliefs are the physical is gone. I'm probably more connected with him now than I will ever be again until I pass myself because he's now all around me. And a lower process is an easier process to go through when you know you've, you're pulling for that person's best interests. So all the way along, like I just wanted him to be, I wanted what he wanted. I want, if he wants to go, you go. If, you, if you've done your time, you've done your time. If you've had enough and you're in pain, do what you got to do. Which is what I kept saying to him. Dad, don't be staying. Everyone's fine here. If you need to, you know, if you need to go, you need to go. Um, and to be able to say that and mean it shifted a lot of different things. It also gave me some unique perspectives actually on what it's truly like to be present for somebody when they most need you. So reach out to that person, reach out to that loved one, reach out to that person that if they were to pass tomorrow, you'd only be full of, I wish I'd done this and I wish I'd done that. Um, Cause life's too short. And if we can't be there for those we love, then what's the point? That's, that's the biggest takeaway for me from this. It's like, I've always been a big believer in family and connection. However, this is sort of random, some other things as well. So, but I wouldn't call it grim. If anything, it's a, a celebration. That, I mean, the content may be deep, but ultimately it's a celebration of life. Let's, let's celebrate people while they're here rather than pine and mourn for the things we wish we should have done when they were alive. Because if we're not willing to make the time now, as my uncle said, if he was actually taking care of the funeral, a fantastic way of looking at things. If you can't be bothered to come and spend time with me when I'm alive and kicking, don't bother fucking showing up when I'm dead. That was his words. And I think there's something quite truthful and honest about that um yeah just food for thought so reach out to that person speak to that person put yourself in a position where you will know you've done everything you could and you're pulling for their best interests have a good week guys stay strong and make the most most make the most of life as to offer.